from the depths of hell in Northeast Ohio. Join us as we destroy minds and reap souls with the films and music that shaped our lives and set us on the path to the horror of Narcast. All right, welcome to Horror of It All, Episode 7. This is our Anthrax episode. It's been a while. Yeah. A lot going on, man. Well, a, lot, a, lot, a lot going on in, personally, I mean, in, in, our, in our lives that kind of keep us from being yeah. able to do this as often as we'd like, but, but nothing, we're getting there. We're, nothing we're, negative, just no, no, work not at all. and family. And... But uh, we're getting it there. We're, we're, you know, things are settling down, hopefully. We're, we're going we're gonna to get back in the groove. Yeah. You I know? mean, a lot of things going on since... You know, especially in the music world since the last episode. I don't keep my ear to the ground as well as I used to, unfortunately. You know, with work and kids and and, and wives and, and, and whatnot. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I miss the days where I, I knew exactly what was going on, what, what, what was coming out, when it was coming out, who's coming around for shows and... You know, these were the days where I could read two books in a week, and mm-hmm. you know, life was so much simpler. I I now rely on you for basically, <laughs> you know, my my news on what's coming and and all that good stuff, and you can't even keep up with it like you used to. So, yeah, it's it's I I become very pointed in what I pay attention to anymore. There's a lot of stuff that, like, I I should have cared more that. Dave Mustaine had throat cancer, and then I guess now it's gone. Yeah, but it yeah. just kind of came and went, and I thought, oh, I mean that sucks. And then it went, and I went, oh, okay, that's cool. Right. There were just other things that, you know, what's really weird is Reed Mullen, drummer for Corrosion Conformity, passed away. So terrible. And I'm a huge COC fan. We both are. We both are. And uh, Neil Peart passed away. <laughs> And I'm not a Rush fan. But you can still but, feel the loss. But that affected me more than Reed Mullen. If that is weird, but... Well, it makes sense because, you know, you're you're a huge fan of one band, not a, not a, not a real fan of the other, but you understand his place in, in music history. Well, I mean, yeah, in terms of status, I mean, he's way... Above, you know, Reed Mullen in terms of legendary stadium, right. you know, but and not only as a drummer, I mean, he wrote the, oh, the yeah. majority of those songs, mm-hmm. you know, and those songs. Whether you're a fan or not, I'm I'm not a Monster Rush fan, but I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, would, but even if you're not, you know those songs. That's the thing that you it know was weird. I think it, it was shocking. It's kind of like. When Dio passed away or when Peter Steele passed away, that was shocking to me. And it kind of, like, dying, getting shot. But when Lemmy died, I, w- I was sad that he was gone, but I wasn't surprised. Because I, I, you could see it coming. Well, yeah, I mean, I think when, when Lemmy died, and, and like you, I'm a Monster Motorhead fan and, uh, and a Monster Lemmy fan. But I think when, when he died, it was a situation where y- you were sad. And it sucked, 
but you had kind of been preparing yourself for that for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think every day you kind of thought to yourself, yeah, today's probably the day. Look at the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, I mean, I think he's been, li- he was living on borrowed time from, <laughs> you know, when he hit 40. Since 1980. When he hit 40, yeah. I think it was like, okay, I mean, any day after this is a, is a, is a day he kind of stole, so. And, you know, the last time we saw COC with uh, Black Label Society mm-hmm. in Akron. Yeah. That wasn't read on drums. I remember when he came out, I was like, man, what's going on? And then I read that, I, I think it was some sort of alcoholic seizure that he had, or he, he had a lot of problem, drinking problems, I guess. But was 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 read on drums when we saw them with Danzig the year before that? Because we saw COC twice in one year. One, the last time was with Black Label, but then we saw them with Danzig... Before that, did we? I'm I'm trying to think which. That was the, yeah. It was uh, uh it was uh, um, COC. Danzig was headlining, obviously, but yeah. COC. Um, oh, I, okay. Yeah, I I completely forgot they. Oh my God, was that, it was Mutoid. Was it Mutoid Man? Yes. And uh, there was another band, and then COC, and yes. then Danzig. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! I I completely forgot about. I that. forget who the other band was. I. Th- I think he was on drums at that time. Pretty sure it was him. Yeah. I could be wrong. Now, when we but... saw him, I know our buddy Justin, I went with Justin and, and saw him at the Odeon, and that was uh, Mothership, Brent Bjork, and COC, and Reed was on drums then. Why wasn't I there? You had something going on. Yeah. We invited you. Obviously, I wouldn't have gone to that show. Yeah, without, right, right. But I th- you had something important going on, and you weren't able to go. But Brant Bjork absolutely smoked. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> but uh, but no, COC was great. I mean, Reed was on one of my, not only one of my favorite albums of all time, that's Blind, but his drumming on that album is insane. I mean, that's like one of the first... When I bought the album way back when, when I was just a, a young, budding metal fan, um, that's one of the things that really stood out was his drumming. So it it sucks that he's gone knowing that he had all these health problems, and I think it was due to alcoholism. I could be completely wrong. I think it was, because I've read some things since his passing where... Um, he had a he, he's had a number of those of, of of episodes directly as a direct result of of his alcohol consumption, and um, I think the band even made some kind of statement before he was gone that he was well he was he, in, he was in, out of the, he was yeah. out of the band and but he was I mean he had an open invitation to come back but you know they kind of had to go on without him while he got his. Well, he got his life together. Yeah. Unfortunately, he he wasn't able to. Yeah. No. I mean, at least at least the band was already in a place where they were moving on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with with someone taking his place on on an interim basis, obviously, but now permanent. But at least the band was ready to carry on without him. So we're at least we're not going to lose Coc. Uh, with Reed, you know, we're still we're still going to. Yeah, have I mean, COC. they carried on without him. They already toured without him, right? And um, so, I mean, it sucks. It, it's it sucks losing 
you know, Neil Peart. I mean, that was crazy. What's crazy about it is it, I don't know, maybe people who were much bigger Rush fans, it didn't come as a shock. It came as a shock, and then you find out that he's been dealing with brain cancer for, for two years, and I think he really kept it under wraps, and that's why it, it was quite a shock when, when he passed, because he, he was a very private guy, and, and some of the some of the personal tragedies that he, that he endured throughout his life, um, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Oh, it's insane. And then it's... to have to deal with what he was dealing with for the last two years and then, and then ultimately die from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just a tragic story. A, tra- a tragic story, a tragic life. Um, but in the face of all that tragedy to, to create the music that he yeah. was able to create and be as great at his chosen I've field always as given it was. It, I've always given it to them. I mean, I have, you know, kind of a past with Rush trying to get into them. Everybody that I know or that knows me, knows that I'm into 70s heaviness, a lot of, you know, proto-metal, heavy rock, whatever it is. I mean, that's that's in my, that's right up my alley. But Rush is the one band, there's there's a couple bands, Rush, Jethro Tall, nothing I can do. <laughs> I mean, you, and you know I'm, yes. a, I'm a monster Jethro Tall I fan. can't do it, and I've, <laughs> I've tried, and with him passing... I was like, maybe I, I really need to get back into it, and I'll say a couple things. I I think I respect the hell out of that band for uh, uh, basically staying together for so long. You know, that trio just being together for so long. Their fan base was rabid. They should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a hell of a lot. You know, way before than what they were, but. It's it's weird. I I I think that I would never trash that band at all. It just doesn't work for me. You, you and, like what you like. It's yeah. you know I I Dude, his drumming. I I I know he's a great drummer. I know he's like a wizard. Or he you know I mean absolutely influential, great lyricist. But I could you know I was telling you know our friend Justin this. Uh, I could name in a drunken stupor fifteen other drummers I'd rather listen to. Mm-hmm. That still doesn't take away. It didn't take away how, how great he is. The shock and just how much it hurt when it was like, man, he's gone. Because first and foremost, I'm a fan of rock and roll, hard rock, right. heavy metal, right. and having somebody like that go, I was like, man. I mean, Bowie, David Bowie, going. You know, a lot of these things were sad, but it was like Neil Peart was like. Man, that's just, that's crazy. Well, again, too, I think a lot of Rush fans were always kind of hoping that it really wasn't the end of the band, that this this retirement was just a break, you know, because how many other bands have done that? Yeah. Yeah, we're done. We're retiring. Thanks for the memories. And then just a year, two years, three years later, hey, guess what? We're back. Motley Crue would never do that. Yeah. No, God, no. (laughs) Um, But I think, so I think a lot of Rush fans always held out hope. I didn't know he had brain cancer. He, well, he, I don't think many people did. I yeah. think he kept that. I don't know very if Rush private. fans. I, did. I could be wrong. Maybe super hardcore Rush fans knew. When I, he, I was shocked when he was dead. You know, when I read that he was gone, I was even more shocked when it was like, "Yeah, he died of brain cancer." He'd been dealing with, and I was like, "I'm not a Rush fan, so I'm a, maybe Rush fans can comment and say, mm-hmm. yeah, we knew he was.' We yeah. kind of heard.' Yeah." 
I had no idea. I think that was that was like a double shock. Yeah, he's gone. It was like, wait, he had brain cancer. Yeah. You figured that was, but then I guess you you realize how much of an introvert the guy was, right. and how much of a private he was very person. Pri- yeah, exactly. And I and I, as I and like I was saying, I, I think. I think a lot of people who were fans of the band, big time fans of the band, were always kind of hoping that this was just a hiatus, mm-hmm. and you know they'd get some new music and, and possibly another tour or two. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, that that's not going to happen. They're not going to replace Neil Peart. Yeah, um, this isn't a situation where there was a we'll, rumor. We'll just going plug around. somebody in and, and carry on. That's not going. Somebody to happen. started a rumor that it was Mike Portnoy. Uh, you know, extreme theater drummer yeah. now with Sons of Apollo that I think is big Rush fan. None. You know, but yeah, Sons of Apollo is dream theater now, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, somebody said that uh, Mike Portnoy, you know, was really interested, you know, in playing with Rush or something like. That. I, I read this little blurb in the news, and Mike Portnoy was like, "I would never do it." You, you, yeah. I mean, it's a. It's never going to happen. But I mean, come on. You know, you can't. You can't do that. And and I don't think. I don't think Getty or or Alex would would even do. Would even entertain the idea. Of, and that's where I respect of them, putting man. somebody else behind that drum kit and calling themselves Rush. That's why. I, and I, that's, I don't. I, and, and and you know, there aren't a lot of bands that you can say that. No. That if one of those, if one of the members are gone, that is the death of that band. Yeah. It's never going to happen. But I think Rush is is one of the few that you can say they, they would. They're never going to put somebody else behind that kit and and say, okay, we're we're Rush. No, no you're not. Mm-hmm. And they and they know it. They would never do that. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's what. Is kind of the shot. One of the shocking things behind it is, if you were a big Rush fan, I think you always kind of held out hope that it really wasn't the end. Mm-hmm. But well, now, yeah, it's it is the end. So, mm-hmm. well, that's the way it should be. I mean, they left on a high note. Um, as far as I'm concerned, again, even not even being a fan of the band at all, it was like nothing but respect for him because. And they all seem like really good guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know Neil Peart didn't do a, didn't do a lot of interviews. Maybe he didn't do any, and so you didn't really. But I mean, Getty Lee has done some, and, mm-hmm. and he just seems like such a really cool, down to earth. Mm-hmm. Well, just get, a Getty good and guy, Alex Lifeson are. You know, yeah, they're the ones that were kind of the face of the band. Yeah, they were always out there doing the meet and greets and stuff like that. Again. Not you know I keep saying it that I'm not a fan, but that that not only am I not a fan of Rush, I'm even less. I, I hate banger films, that stupid online. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. Metal Headbangers Journey and all that. Yeah. But he did uh, Beyond the Lighted Stage. Have you did you see that Rush documentary? I did not see it. I, I know it. I, I'd like to see it. As much as I But if he's know, behind it, maybe I, I have second thoughts. I don't like Rush and I despise Banger. Yeah. I oh my god, don't even get me started. That movie's great. <laughs> it's like now is it now is it a live concert footage or is it a true documentary of the band? It's a true documentary. Okay. I, I saw it once. Did you see the the maiden one? What they did, I think it's Flight Six Six Six. Yeah, I have or... the DVD. Yeah, I've okay. seen that. 
It's like that. Okay. It's like they just kind of follow. Because I hated the Alice Cooper one. Super duper Alice Cooper. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. That was garbage. Yeah, I did. When I, I, I want my documentaries, I want, I want foot, I want interviews. Mm-hmm. I want, and I don't want interviews, just the voice of the interview yes. played over pictures and things like yeah. that. I want, I want true documentary style. I want, I want my footage. The better to be Alice Cooper one. With Sit down interviews. Did you see and, the one that Mike Myers did? I with, no, but you've with told Chef me. Gordon, you've told me uh, quite a few times. That What's it's, it called? Ubermensch. U- something Some mensch. Super, Supermensch. Supermensch. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. That. But you told me that Gordon, the manager. Yes. Yeah. But that was way more in depth about. That was more of an Alice Cooper. Like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. As big as I mean, I'm sitting here wearing wearing an Alice Cooper shirt. Well, we Mike talked Nightmare. when we we talked for you know two hours just shooting the poop before we started the podcast. Yeah. One of the things we we talked about was going to see Alice Cooper this yes. summer. So oh, I almost shit myself when I I saw that he's coming back around or that you know he's going on tour again because we with, missed the last tour. Yeah, we were gonna go and then something. Life I think it was right up. at the Akron Civic, wasn't it? No, or? this was the one that was at the. Tower City Amphitheater in Cleveland, yes. I thought. You no, know, I'm glad we didn't go to that because I heard that it was like really quick. Like the show was really short. Well, I saw the set list. The set list was fantastic. And I saw yeah. pictures. Um, one of the local newspapers mm-hmm. put pictures online and the stage set looked fantastic. It's like this, a castle and you know, I can't like a wait gothic, to see it, scary man. castle and whatnot. And I, I've never but, seen, and he's coming around with Tesla and... Lita Ford, I could. I'll know. sleep during that, and then you just nudge me and say, "Hey, those are over. Alice is coming." I, I'll, I'll pop up. I want to check out Tesla. I'm I mean, not a fan. Although you, I do, you don't like the first two albums no, at least. I, I don't. I tell you what, though, I do believe they. I do believe that they wrote and performed the the best ballad of the '80s hair band. Is that love metal. song? Love song. I love that song. That song gets me. Damn it! Every time that song I hear it, I get a little. I've know. never seen them. New album stinks. It's a, it's a joke. It was produced by Phil Collin, and it, it sounds like garbage Def Leppard. Uh, now, mm-hmm. not you know, great Def Leppard back Pyromania, High and Dry. Not the like first that. three albums that yes. were good. Yeah, yeah. It's then their drummer re- lost their arm, and I don't, you know, <laughs> they lost their balls. Yeah. But, you know, it's really bad. But I'd still like to see him, but definitely going to see Cooper. And that brings up so many other shows coming to Blossom. Well, the big news is we're going, you and I are are going to Pittsburgh March 24th to see Monster Magnet. The Mm -hmm. mighty, mighty Monster Magnet. Yes. And it is my, I've been a a crazy fan of this band since 1990. Mm -hmm. And this is the first opportunity that I've... I'm going to see them live, and oh my God, many sleepless nights between now and March 24th. Just just the, the excitement and the anticipation is I getting to me. saw them in, it's got to be around 03. Yeah, you saw them once already. I'm once. very jealous. It was Monolithic Baby Tour. Ed Mundell was still with the band. Mm. I think he left right after that. And you saw them at the old... Uh, um, Oh God, Peabody's right. That's no not in the there flat. Anymore. Not in the flats. Okay. I saw him at the one near CSU. Okay, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland State University. Yeah, and uh, neither, which is no longer, yeah, no it's longer not there. there. We've seen 
well, I've seen quite a few shows we there. We saw Trouble. We there. saw Trouble there. Um, I saw I saw Danzig there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I saw Danzig there on the. Dude, I saw um, a lot of shows there. I saw Place of Skulls there. Overkill. It was a great venue. I loved that place. Um, but yeah, I saw, I saw him on that tour. I saw Danzig there. It was the uh, the Danzig Seven Seven Seven. Oh, okay. Tour. Uh, I saw there. So, well, that. Uh, I saw that, you know, Monster Magnet, they were touring Europe, and it was like a, a kind of a power trip retrospective. And I thought, they're not coming. You know, it, if they come around here, it's going to be to like, you know, Detroit again. Which well, is a and little we were, too... you and I were playing with the idea last mm-hmm. year, and I was really upset that we that we ended up not yeah. going because I thought. This is better. This is better, but I, I, I thought this was going to be that might be our last shot mm-hmm. because that was the first North American tour yeah. they they have done in, in years, yeah. and I thought, well, this might be it. And but it, it, this was, is now it the is first? Just, I'd have to look it up, but I actually think that that was the first real North American tour when they came through to Detroit since I saw them with two thousand three, yeah. Yeah. You know, they've so, done tours and they've done European tours, and that's because yeah, they were making they made money mm-hmm. in Europe. I, I just thought maybe. Well, I'm torturing myself with this one simply because I just keep you know I'm, I'm on a Monster Magnet group on Facebook. Really? And why am I not? Why am I not on that? I got Did I send you a? I, if you would have sent me, I would have accepted. I got I got to hook you up with that because How dare you? <laughs> they keep people keep posting. Live videos. I sent you the then one. You, live you send me live videos, yeah. From yeah, this yeah. tour, they keep posting the set lists. They keep po- it from the European tour, and it just—it's unbelievable. The band they have now is great. I mean, Mindfucker was on my you know year-end list. It's a great album. Absolutely killer. Like Dave Windorf is a legend. Other than Phil Lynott from Thin Lizzy, he's probably my favorite lyricist. Um, and I I usually don't spend money at shows on merch unless it's a social distortion show, and then I'll, uh, you know, I always buy a shirt or something. But I I, I, I will be coming home with merch. Here, the thing when I saw, when I saw sure. him at, at uh, <laughs> that last the only time I ever saw him, their merch was gone. They only had picked over like. One or two styles of a shirt. Well, that better not be the case this time. Because they sold out. They came from Europe and they sold out. And I almost wore the shirt tonight. It's just a power trip shirt on the back. It says "Open wide and say my name." Well, I have, I have, I have one Monster Magnet shirt Mm -hmm. that I bought like two years ago at uh, uh, Magnolia Thunderpussy, awesome record store in Columbus, Ohio. Rules. And it's (laughs) it's a fantastic shirt. It says Monster Magnet. Uh, got like the, the six armed, yeah. you know, Hindu god on the on the front and on the back. It just says evil, mm-hmm. you know. And I love, you know, I actually almost wore that shirt tonight. How 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 embarrassed would we have been if we both <laughs> wore the same shirt? But um, but no, they better have merch, damn it, because I'm ready to I'm ready to buy. I already told the wife, I'm I'm buying merch, baby. It's going to be taking the credit card. <laughs> well, not, I'm I'm pumped to see Monster Magnet. I mean, that's the number one. But Nebula's opening. Yeah, and that's pretty... pretty Their new album, Holy Shit, which they put out. I think they named it because people were like, holy shit, they're a band again. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, 
that that album rules. It's going to be great. Remember, I, we we almost went. We were we were going to go see them at uh, that little bar, Annabelle's. Annabelle's, that little bar in Highland Square. Somebody at a record they store. Canceled. Yes. We got there, and it was like, what? That's not happening. They broke up. I remember the bar. Ten- they that's when they broke up. Yeah. I remember the unbeknownst bar- to us because we showed up for the show. Yeah, I remember the bartender was like, "Are you guys, uh, you guys here for Nebula?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, they just broke up. <laughs> we're like, "What?" And so, yeah, and they hadn't done. We, we had a beer since. and then went to Barnes and Noble. We were so pissed off. We mm-hmm. we had a beer like, "Well, this sucks," and we left. We drove down the street to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I can't remember the band, but who's the first band? I don't remember. I can't I, remember. You know the... what? Hold on, because I have the tour pic, the tour poster picture saved on my phone. But that band, I checked them out. I wasn't a huge fan of them, but it has Johnny Kelly on drums from Ooh. Typo and Danzig. And really? Kenny Hickey from Typo. Silver Tomb. Yeah, Silver Tomb. Silver right. Tomb. It's so it was okay. I'd have to listen to it again. It didn't. It'll be. It's it's not bad as an opening act. Um, well, we have to. We have, we're going to have to make. Well, we, obviously you're driving because I do not like to drive, as you know. Um, and you seem to have no problem with it. I think you should have been an Uber driver. You could have <laughs> made millions. Well, no, I'll um, drive. I don't care. Um, and I will stay awake. That's my that's my one rule. <laughs> if there's someone else in the car, you're out. I will be out before we get out of the parking lot. But if it's just you and I, as long as we stop so I can caffeinate myself for the ride home, <laughs> two uh, two and a half hour ride home, we'll be fine. But um, and I completely just lost my train of thought. Oh, we do have the one stop that we have to make at the at the beer store. You know, they sell their liquor in oh, beer stores, and so I can get that yeah. Michael Myers IPA. But uh, other than that, and this venue we're going, have you looked at? Did you look at any of the pictures online of the venue? It kind of looks like it's in just a neighborhood. Yeah, you know. So hopefully, it it looks like a cool old theater. Yeah, it looks like a great old theater. Um, Hopefully, there'll be a beer store, so we don't have to drive out of our way. But yeah, so anything new you've been listening to? You know what? No, I don't. It. I. I. I've become that old curmudgeon that. That really doesn't, you know... Get, unless, unless I yeah, send it yeah, to you. Get off my yard, and I don't listen to new music. So I'm just listening to... You know, I, I listen to new music that's put out by old bands that I've listened to for <laughs> yeah. years. That's, you know... I mean, I know Black Rainbows is coming out with something new in oh, dude, in, uh, in May. May. May 1st, maybe. Um, and it's funny, you sent me the link to the new song I had already saw online that the pre-order went up mm-hmm. for the new album. And the song you sent me was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, May 1st, it's a Cosmic Ritual Super Trip on Heavy Psych Sounds, which is just a killer label. Um, uh, European label. Awesome. I mean, they, got a, they uh, just recently... Uh, they're putting out uh, the first several, first couple Dozer albums, call it Conspiracy in the Tale of Comet, Madre de Dios. Um, they've been re-releasing, uh, reissuing a lot of the Brent Bjork stuff, like Punk Rock Guilt, Gods and Goddesses, uh, with some new artwork. Really just a killer label. Lots of great bands. But yeah, Black Rainbows has a new one coming out. Um, in fact, the new Brant Bjork self-titled 
album is coming out here soon. Um, and what you know what else is coming out? Hmm. Um, I, I saw this online. Pre-orders are up for this too, which I think I will pre-order this week. Uh, the Danzig Elvis cover oh, album is that coming out? Is coming out in April, and I saw the uh, the track listing, and it looked looked really cool. Some 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 really lesser known Elvis tracks. So he's he's obviously not just sticking to hits, which I think is really cool. Yeah, because I I, I listened to an interview with him about uh, about that, and they because they asked what uh, excuse me they asked what kind of songs he was going to be doing, and he was like, I don't really I'm, I don't want to do just like generic. I want to do songs that I like. Right. I mean, it's Dan. First of all, Danzig does whatever he wants to do. Exactly. Um, exactly. But if you're an Elvis fan, as I am, I think as we I both think, are. Yes, exactly. I think you're more interested in hearing Danzig's take on some of the lesser-known Elvis stuff. Mm-hmm. That you have to be kind of a fan of Elvis to know the songs. But I think you, you're more interested to hear Danzig's take on those than. Just pulling off the ten most listened to Elvis. You know why I like and, that. You know because if you haven't listened to those, if you haven't heard those songs a lot, and they're so they're lesser known. I was thinking about this when I was listening to that interview. I thought, it, if you're not familiar with a lot of those songs, it's going to sound like a whole new Danzig album. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to be like, you're going to think, well, this is just a new Danzig album. But then, oh wait, no, it's a Presley cover. And but, it makes, and it, it might make you want to, you know seek out that Elvis track after mm-hmm. you've heard if you haven't heard Elvis do it mm-hmm. you hear Danzig do it you're like oh that sounds really cool let me hear what the original song sounds like now as opposed to if it was filled with you know Suspicious Minds and Heartbreak Hotel and Jailhouse Rock and Hound Dog songs you've heard 130 times already more than that mm-hmm. y- you know what it already sounds like this is kind of cool mm-hmm so there's a big thing coming out on the 21st. I just happened upon it uh, on Amazon, and I literally almost shit myself. Uh, stoner band out of UK named Acrimony put out two of the greatest stoner albums I've ever heard. Um that are completely out of print. One of them, 94, Hymns to the Stone. 97, Tumuli Shroomaroom, which is like a legendary stoner uh, album. Putting out kind of their whole collection on, I think it's two CDs, three discs, uh, coming out on the 21st. It's called The Chronicles of Woad. You're going to love it, dude. Trust me, it's right. It's right in your wheelhouse. Okay, All I almost, right. I almost shit myself when I saw that. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" They're actually coming out. There's a lot of great stuff coming out. They got a new Candle Mass EP coming out. Which I, have you heard the last one yeah. with the Iomi track on yeah. it? Yeah, that they were uh, nominated for a Grammy for. Yeah. They, they ended up winning a, a Swedish Grammy. I follow them on Instagram, so mm-hmm. I'm able to to kind of keep up with. Uh, with what they're doing. For some reason, I don't follow... <laughs> There's a lot more bands I should be following on social media platforms. Unfortunately, there's only a handful of them I do. Mm-hmm. And Candlemas is, is one of them for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... Ra- I mean, I like the band, 
but there's many bands that I like that mm-hmm. I would say I like more that for whatever reason I, I don't follow on social media mm-hmm. platforms. It's very random. So <laughs> a lot of the bands that I I follow, but I'm so I keep up to date on what Candlemass is doing because mm-hmm. they're very active with their on their Instagram profile. That's the thing. I don't really follow like a lot of news sites anymore. Maybe with the exception of the Obelisk, um, which is more like a stoner doom kind of news site. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I follow bands on Facebook and just kind of get you know info from that. Um, there's another lowrider, which is a a legendary European uh, Swedish stoner band, kind of like in the vein of Caius. They put out an album. 20 years ago called Ode to Io. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more. I think it was in the late uh, 90s. They have a new album coming out uh, called uh, Refractions. That comes out later this month, I believe. Um, yeah, a- a- another February 21st. I'll have to play you So this song. week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, time's flying. <laughs> right? I'm, like, pumped now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's coming out that you're going to... Love that. Ode to Io is a classic. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, there's a lot of great stuff coming out this year. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. A lot of heavier stuff, like New My Dying Bride, New God to Throne, New Sepultura. I already got the Sepultura and the God to Throne. New Testament. New Testament coming out. Have you heard the, the, tr- the, the yeah. track? Night of the Witch, is that mm. what it's called? Yeah. Do First, you like it? They're my favorite thrash band of all time. They are. And I have kind of a love-hate relationship with the newer stuff because it just, it's weird. To me, it's like imposter testament. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I, sounds... I definitely can understand that. Yeah. So, I'm with testament the way that, you know, my, my good buddy, my brother, Canadian counterpart, Rob, is with uh, Annihilator will buy anything that comes out by each band but it takes us a while to get into the newer stuff mm-hmm. because like the new Annihilator sounds like an older album and it's kind of taking him a little bit to get into it but he enjoys it mm-hmm. but he has problems with it I think we're I think I think we're <laughs> and I'm I like know, that with I, I know I have I've, I've been in that situation um, I know the last the last two Kiss albums uh, Sonic Boom and Monster yeah, that we both end up liking. Yeah, I bought them both, and after I, I, I think I, I, I called you after listening to both of them the first time. You get them the day they come out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, have you gotten it yet? Yeah, I just came home with it, and it sucks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's brutal. And then a month later, I love this album because I, I. So I think you're just kind of you put something on and it doesn't sound like My your thing favorite with... album by that band, and you're like, okay, this blows. But you a month later, okay, I really like this. My now. thing with the newer testament stuff is it doesn't have the dynamic of the older stuff where they'll throw in like a ballad or they're throw you know, and they're really good at doing it. And their ballads were always um they weren't sappy, they were always creepy. And that's why as a, that, as a, as a good thrash ballad should be. Yeah, like Return to Serenity was great. There was something always about the song "The Ballad," um, it, it just 
the new stuff, I think the album cover is disgusting. I mean, it's amazing. I haven't seen the, the album cover. I'll pull it I, up the right. only, I just, I've, I actually heard that song, um, Night, I think, again, Night of the Witch. It is, yeah. And I've heard it on uh, Liquid Metal on Sirius XM. And, uh, oh, that is sick. Yeah, it's done by a a newer artist. I I think his name's like Eloran Cantor or something like. He's been doing a lot of uh, a lot of stuff as of late, but he's a great artist. That's very bad. I love the colors of Titans of Creations, the album. I like that new song, the roundabout getting roundabout way of of getting back to that. I liked it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I like it. I again with them being my favorite of all time. In terms of thrash, it's hard for me to, because I haven't loved any album they've done since Low. Low is the album that I that to me is was amazing. Well, we're talking a little bit tonight about my favorite thrash band, and I kind of feel that way mm-hmm. about their latest album. Yeah, that I no, that's you know, perfect. I've, I've listened to quite a few times and trying to force myself to really get into it and I just can't mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not a huge fan of it um, which kind of sucked because the album they did before I I loved that mm-hmm. you know anthrax guys I guess we probably should have said that before this, we yes this uh, is our anthrax anthrax um, nice little segue into but um, <laughs> but worship music I thought was was outstanding but you that know, brought me back for all kings I just was like oh my god I, I can't get into this I can only get into the last and, and there's something we're going to be talking about with anthrax if you remember our oh I remember yeah I'm so, not that old but with for all kings the last half of the album is where I start really getting into it. And I think you said the first half of the album you liked. Yeah. Yeah, we're total than... we're total opposites on it. I thought the but, first I thought the first three or four songs were definitely the strong point of the album. It just wasn't but I agree with you though. It's like worship music was killer. I mean, you want to talk about a great comeback album. To me, obviously, with Joey coming back. Yeah, yeah. For you, it was a comeback. For me, it was kind of a, a come down. Um, <laughs> there, and there's a reason for that. Well, there's I, there's a that kind of goes along with the episode tonight. Yeah. Well, you know, you try to put a little hook into into all of these episodes that we do. We follow it very loosely, but you know, the hook tonight was both big Anthrax fans. Mm-hmm. You prefer Joey Belladonna on vocals. I prefer John Bush and on for, vocals. And, yeah, and we're forgetting Fistful with Neil yes, Turbin. Yes, we're forgetting that. Which I know... It's a good album. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I know a lot of people that say that it's Neil Turbin and Danny Lilker, obviously bass player before Frank right. Bellow, that Fistful is Anthrax, everything else stinks. Now that's... Come on, people. And there's a lot of like ridiculous anthrax hatred, especially on the the message board I'm on, the Brave board. I don't understand it. I I really don't get it. Here, because... Here's 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 where I think it stems from. Because I think all the other thrash bands of that era all put out this persona 
of either tough guys, beer drinking tough guys, or evil, satanic Mm -hmm. tough guys. Mm -hmm. Anthrax wore board shorts. (laughs) Their their mascot was a was a the knot man. Mm -hmm. They were goofy. They were funny guys. Mm -hmm. They were and I think that's where a lot of the hate comes from. They didn't give the music a chance because the guy looked like because they looked goofy. Mm-hmm. Also, I think, and I, you know, we try not to get political on this podcast, and we're going to continue to try not to get political. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of reason they caught some hate. They caught some hate was because of their love of rap music. Mm-hmm. They were on the forefront of bri- of bridging that gap between rap and metal mm-hmm. with their with their collaboration with Public Enemy. And I'm, gonna, I'm, and gonna, I'm, I'm a monster Public Enemy fan. Oh, yeah, same here, man. So I think they caught a lot of hate from a lot of the metal community because of that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the metal community hates rap, won't give it a chance, thinks it's garbage. Mm-hmm. So here they see... Uh, 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 you know, a band that was on the forefront of the American thrash movement, putting their hand out and bringing in, bringing in rap. What the heck is that all about? And I think those are the two reasons why they catch so much hate mm. from a lot of the metal community. Their image of just a bunch of goofy dudes in board shorts and t-shirts. And where did that that? mainly came from one album. Started with one album for me. And that was State of Euphoria. State of Euphoria. Because how how they, they did looked. the Mad Magazine artist did mm-hmm. the inlay um, mm-hmm. of the, the band portrait. Yep. You know. And, and so I think that people were kinda turned off by but I always say if that if you thought they were goofy on that, there's no excuse for you not liking persistence of time. Which completely did a 180, and it became dark, like way darker. Right. But yeah, which so, I think is their, which I think is their best Joey Belladonna album. Yeah, it's, and that's kind of our thing because you're of time. you're a, a Bush guy. But let's preface that by saying mm-hmm. I fell in love with Anthrax as a kid. Mm-hmm. Joey Belladonna was this. I mean, the album that I fell in love with Anthrax was Spreading the Disease. Mm. Good friend of mine, when I was a kid, had that and played it for me. And I freaking fell in love with it. So I fell in love with that band. They became one of my favorite bands with Joey Belladonna on vocals. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, it's it's that rare occurrence that when he leaves... The guy that comes in takes it to a whole other level. So I don't dislike Joey Belladonna. Mm-hmm. I love Joey Belladonna. I love the music they made with Joey Belladonna. Mm-hmm. I just think the music they made with John Bush was even better. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to expect you to uh, defend <laughs> position. You know, my my defense is very easy. I, I, I believe that John Bush is a better metal vocalist, and I and I go back to this to what he's done with Armored Saint, as 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 an example of that. Mm-hmm. I 
and you have to differentiate between vocalist and metal vocalist. Mm-hmm. Joey Belladonna is probably a technically better singer, better vocalist than John Bush on a technical level. Mm-hmm. But for that style of music, I think John Bush is better. And I think the music they made, it got a little slower, a little darker. Yeah. I think John Bush is a lyricist, whereas Joey Belladonna is not. And if you read Scott Ian's book, his first book, he even stated that when John Bush came into the band, it was... It was a breath of fresh air for Scott Ian because Scott Ian was at a point with Joey Belladonna where he got sick and tired of hearing someone else sing his words, Mm -hmm. sing what he was feeling. So when John Bush came into the band, there was another, he could write his own lyrics. Mm -hmm. They wrote them together, but here's a guy who could, who could write his own feelings and sing them. So I think that just brought another dimension to that band. I think the same way with Black Sabbath, when Ozzy left and they brought Ronnie James Dio in, well, here was a guy that could write his own lyrics. Mm-hmm. So Geezer Butler was like, "Kind of, this is this yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, I don't have to do it all anymore. Here's a guy that can come in and write his own stuff. Mm-hmm. How how great is that?" My thing is, the first album. I'm a little bit younger than you. So the first album I got into was... The first album I heard was Persistence. Mm-hmm. But the first one that really grabbed me, and this is where I'm kind of I'm going to throw you for a loop, is although my favorite era is Belladonna, my favorite Anthrax album is Sound of White Noise. Probably because... That's back in the day where, you know, I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was... You sa- were in high school when Sound of White Noise came out. Mm-hmm. I had already graduated. Yeah. And so that. for me, it's like... <laughs> it was Sound of White Noise. It was Testament Low. It was Sepultura Chaos AD. Machine Head Burn My Eyes. Mm-hmm. These are all the albums that came out. 93, 94. You know, and that's what really got me into I liked that era of those bands because those were all albums that were kind of transition albums to a newer mm-hmm. sound for those bands because low didn't sound like the older testament stuff um minus machine head because machine head that was their burn my eyes was their debut but uh, Sepultura Chaos AD did not sound like a rise, obviously. And so Sound of White Noise did not sound like Persistence of no, Time. Not at all. But it is angry. It's dark. Mm-hmm. The first song I heard was Only. Um, I, no, you know what? The first song I heard, I, I think it was either Only or High Pro Glow. Mm-hmm. And I loved the vocals. I thought he did a great job on that. But it had a different Anthrax feel. It was like a more mature. It was just more pissed off. It was ang- It was an angry album. And when that album came out, I was at a really kind of low point. Mm-hmm. You know, personally. 
And when that album came out, it was exactly what I needed at that point in my life because I, I needed to get angry. Mm-hmm. I needed to get pissed off. I needed to just kind of take control. And that album, man, fed that for me. There was a lot of That's aggression. That's my second favorite Anthrax album. Yeah, there's just like different aggression. But it's weird when I get, when you think of like classic Anthrax, Persistence of Time, Back, to me, would be classic Anthrax. The new era Mm -hmm. started with Sound of White Noise. Right, right. And with John Bush. And as much as I like Stomp, uh, 442, I I don't... That is my favorite Anthrax album. Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, I like that album. I just don't think it sounds like an Anthrax album. I think there's some Anthrax-ish stuff there. But I think that the whole Bush era, I love John Bush. I I kind of thought of Anthrax at that point, like I thought of Queensryche after the Promised Land album, where for a good fifteen plus years they didn't exist to me because they just kept putting albums out like We've Come for You All that I I can't get into We've Come For You All. See, I can't I, get into... I like We've Come For You All. I, I like I like Volume 8, The Threat Is Real. I think I, that's their worst album. I like... But I but to your... And I'll tell you what I love even more. I love the the album they did, the the kind of best of they did. The Greater of the Two The Greater Evil. of Two Evils, which had John Bush singing classic Belladonna tracks. I thought they sounded amazing. Amazing. I mean, as, as a band, they were always on point. I just, there was something about, there was just like a lot of drama, especially with Bush leaving. Not Bush's fault. Well, you know, they they, they wanted him to do something that, I, I think, if you have respect in yourself, it's kind of hard if they come to you and say, you know, we want to go on this tour, we want to bring our old singer out with us, we're going to do half a set with him. And we're going to have you come out. We're going to do half the set with you. I think you're going to... Aren't you going to say, I'm I'm in this band. Mm -hmm. I'm the singer of this band. I'm the front man of this band. I write music for this band. Mm -hmm. Why would I agree to that? Yeah. Am I the singer or am I not the singer? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I agree with that. And I... I never thought they would get back together with Belladonna, honestly. Well, at that point, though, what choice did they have? You lost John Bush. Then you had another guy come in to replace John Bush. Oh, God. He crashed and burned. That may be a record as far as a guy coming in. Dan and then, Nelson. You know, and then you got to bring John Bush back to do some festival shows. Yeah. And he, out of the kindness of his heart, yeah. he, he agreed to do it. And I still believe, to this day, I don't care what anybody says, I still think that he came back because he thought this was going to be a permanent thing again. Yeah. That I'm back in the band. And then, what do they do? You're out, because now we got Belladonna back. That's the... And that's, you know? And again, it's not, I don't think it's Bush's fault. No. I just think that those guys just could not get their crap together. And it was just aggravating to me because I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And they you know? caught, and, 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 and I mean, I don't know if any other, any other band that went through 
the record label bullshit that they went through in the second half of John Bush's tenure in the band. Do you remember the one rumor after Dan Nelson, his shitty tenure in the band? Do you remember the... Uh, uh, the rumor. It was Corey Taylor, wasn't it? Yeah. Slipknot. Slipknot, yeah. Slipknot Stone Sour guy. Which, Even. at that point, I mean, at that point, though, if you remember, you were just wondering what the hell is this band yeah. doing? I mean, Corey Taylor so, would really kind of been like I don't, I John am, Bush. I am not a Slipknot fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's a hell of a vocalist. Yeah. And you could have done, a, I mean, if you're Anthrax, you could have done a hell of a lot worse than than bringing him in. And plus he has some name recognition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, much like John Bush did. So it's not like you're just, you know, bringing in some new guy, throwing him out there. Hey, nobody knows who this guy is. Yeah. You know? So, sure. I, I, when I read that rumor, I wasn't, you know, I no, wasn't you you angry. Weren't. I wasn't mad. I mean, I was a little angry that John Bush was gone, but I wasn't like, oh, well, that's the end of this. It never would have worked because, I mean, Slipknot was at that point. Well, how many ba- how many bands so big. how many bands can Tory take can he, can one guy be in? He's mm-hmm. writing books, he's in two bands, mm-hmm. both of which are, are pretty pretty popular bands. I mean, hell, Stone Sour just opened for Ozzy, you know, yeah. on the last retirement tour. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> last retirement. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been how many for that on his guy? second retirement? You know, tour. but but um, you know, so I mean, Gee, many Christmas. I mean, it the only way it would have worked is if he would have said. The only band I'm I'm in is Anthrax. Yeah, you know because oh, yeah. Anthrax needed that. They did not need a guy who was already in two other bands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I agree. And I, um... and now I mean, and, and and you know, John Bush has done pretty well for himself since then. He's back with with Armored Saint and uh, made some good music with them. I mean, is he still the voice of the Burger King commercials? Who was that? John Bush. Is he still the voice? Because I mean, I because I, I, I totally tell you right now, forgot about he made that. he made more damn money as the voice in the Burger King commercials than he made in any band. I'm going to tell you that right now. That voiceover work very lucrative on a national campaign for a for a national mm-hmm. for for an international uh, restaurant. I, I guarantee he probably made more money there. What other band than wanted? he made? Oh yeah, absolutely. With any other band, plus the royalties from that. What other band was John Bush supposed to be in, or auditioned? I think or Metallica. Yeah, yeah, Metallica. That, see, that would have been cool. I have no problem. As a matter of fact, Bush. didn't he actually when Metallica that, did those yes. three nights at it that was like the thirtieth anniversary? Yeah, at yeah. that club in in San Francisco, didn't he come on stage yeah. with them and play some songs that he would have been a he would have yeah, been you can watch, in the band. Yeah, you can watch. Uh, yeah, you can watch. That, I mean, that's a, that was an amazing set, three night set because it gave us a, a merciful fate reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, or at the time, the closest thing to it. Yeah. No, I mean that was. Again, I, I have no problem with John Bush. I'm glad he's back in Armored Saint. Um, you know, I was talking with. I mentioned. You know, my. My buddy Rob, my brother Rob, earlier, we were talking about this probably like a month ago. And he was like, it just seems weird to me that 
the way that John Bush sounds an armored saint, like that's, he's supposed to be an armored saint, but it just never sat right with him and Anthrax. I don't know if it's, it's, it's probably not him. I just think it's the music. I'm so used to hearing Belladonna. Belladonna has such a unique voice because unlike, he comes from that thrash caliber where it's not, It's it's not like, uh, it's not like you know really intense thrash vocals. It's more like a singing. He has like range. He has a great voice. So he he was more in. He's in my top five metal vocalists. Who John Bush? Oh, I'm talking about Belladonna. I know you are. I'm oh. just telling you straight up right now. I'm going back no, to John I mean, Bush. He, he's awesome. Um, I, but, he, but, but you're right. Joey Belladonna could be an opera. I mean, he has that He came range. from more like the Forbidden and Heathen, that kind of vocalist where he had way more range. It wasn't as gruff. You, you know what You know what a good comparison is? The Paul Diano, mm-hmm. Bruce Dickinson comparison. Mm-hmm. Diano, probably much more of a metal vocal yeah, and like Bruce Dickinson Bush. can freaking you know he could sing anything. He could mm-hmm. be on a he could be in an opera stage. You know, well, have you seen Belladonna sing the national anthem recently? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, guy. I mean, he's, he's he he sounds just as great now as he did back then. He has a, he has a timeless voice. Mm-hmm. He does. Listen, I, I will I'll take nothing away from the guy. And that and that again, that is kind of a not that this is an argument because it's not an argument, but it's even a weird conversation to have because I love the guy. Mm-hmm. I love the music that he made with the band. It's just, it's just so. It's weird for me to say I prefer one over the other mm-hmm. because I love them both. Yeah, I, I mean, I really do. If you're going to take John Bush out of Anthrax and you're going to replace him with anybody, I would want you to replace him with Joey Belladonna mm-hmm. because at least. Okay, you're replacing the guy that I really love, but you're replacing him with a guy that I also love. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with that, you know. Me, I just Anthrax to me is fistful, up to sound, then include worship music. That last one, man, for all kings, I just can't. Do you like for all kings better than the last two albums they did with? John Bush, we've come for you all, and I'll be honest real. with you. I think that for me personally, I dislike them equally. Really, because I I like the the two John Bush albums more than I like For All Kings. But again, to show that I I love I I really do love Joey Belladonna. Mm-hmm. I like worship music. Better than I like those well, last worship two John music Bush just albums. rules. I mean, worship music, and I can't wait for the the new one's supposed to be coming out. But it's, here's, but is worship music as good as it is because those that music was written for John Bush. They wrote that album with John Bush was going to John Bush was going to write a lot of those lyrics. Was going to sing this. on that album if he sang on that. For me personally, it wouldn't be it wouldn't have as much of an impact. The reason why I like it is because the music went back to more of the eighties among the living, 
persistence. And of you time. don't. And you don't think John Bush could have pulled could have pulled that off? I think he would have sounded fine, but the whole time I would have been thinking, "Great, you finally musically you finally went back to like Among the Living era." I I want to hear Belladonna on it. But they did that with the Greater of Two Evils, Best of. They went back to that era with John Bush singing those songs. Yeah, you, didn't, those are, you didn't like that? No, because those are already Belladonna songs. <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but did you did you like what John Bush did vocally on those songs? Or not? You listen to them and you're like, those aren't the same songs. They're, it's just not the they're same. They're just not. He's good. You know? He's good on what he does, you know. Because um, obviously if you went to see him live during that that era you were going to hear you know him sing like, those songs as much as i love dio i don't want to hear dio sing ozzy sabbath songs they don't sound right to me see that doesn't that didn't bother me here's here here's what gets me okay when you had john bush in the band and you played you went out on tour you played everything you played john bush songs you played joey belladonna songs now when they go out on tour, they don't play anything from the John Bush era. Why? They may play one no, I don't, sound. They, they didn't when we saw them. Well, what, Slayer? Yeah. That's because it was a short a shortened I, set. I've looked at set lists where they've headlined. I think I they played... I did not see one John Bush song. If they played... I think they played only when I saw them. I saw them with Exodus... Um, Wait, so you mean to that. you mean to tell me out of that entire era of the band, there's only one song that you're gonna play live? But I, I just I that's just, kind of like yeah, but that's kind of like Sabbath with Dio. It got to a point where Dio said, "I'm not singing any of this stuff. I'm not singing Aussie stuff." And well, I think, but but was that Dio saying, "I'm not doing that"? Because when I when I saw Dio play. With Black Sabbath on the Dehumanizer tour mm-hmm. when he rejoined Sabbath, and I saw them live with Trouble, Danzig, Black Sabbath. They played Ozzy era stuff. It was only until they got back together under the Heaven and Hell moniker because well, that's we why believe left they the couldn't be time. Sabbath. That's why he left after uh, uh, Mob Rules. You know, they only did those first couple albums and then. They did Heaven and Hell, then Mob Rules, uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. then that's why, because I remember watching an interview with Dio, and he was just like, I didn't want, I didn't want to do Ozzy stuff, if we're going to do this, it's going to be our own thing, and I think that there was too much push and pull between he and Tony. Well, but that's the stupidest thing in the world. But they're done. If you already join an established band. As much as I love Live Evil, it doesn't those those Sabbath songs with Dio or the Aussie Sabbath with Dio singing. It, uh, it but, doesn't sound right. But imagine. But imagine. It's, <coughs> but imagine it's nineteen. It's nineteen eighty two or nineteen eighty three, mm-hmm. and you buy a ticket to go see Black Sabbath. Okay. Do you really want to sit there for an hour and a half and just hear them play Mob Rules and Heaven and Hell? And then good night. No. You're gonna look you're gonna look at the people you came with and said, you know what the shit? I came here to see Black Sabbath and that's but what I, I got. I think the argument was from Dio is that the material is so good 
we don't need to do that anymore. But you kind of do but because you're black. No, Sabbath. I agree with that. I agree, I think you kind of have to, especially when you're, and you kind of have to. Here's the thing. Bush is in the position to me that Dio was in, not the other way around. Do you think that Ozzy would sing Dio era Sabbath? And here's and here's my answer. And you could kill me for it. Yes. I think when you are the singer of a band, whether you are the original singer and then you left for however many years and then you come back, if that band continued to make music under the band name while you were gone and I and, and they made music that was actually that people bought, mm-hmm. that people like. There are people like you and I that think that there's Dio tracks that are just as good, if not better, than tracks with Ozzy. You come back into the band, you kind of have an obligation to play and sing music that was created without you. What? They didn't die. Now listen, how, I can understand. How many I can bands understand. can you name? That, how many artists can you name? There aren't many, but... I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that Ozzy has to sing Tony Martin stuff. See, Guns N' Roses will play some of the stuff now. They'll play a couple songs off of Chinese Democracy. But the only reason that they do that is because it's Axel that's singing it. Mm-hmm. And so he's this, even though I think it's different when it's the band that wasn't a part of it mm-hmm. and the singer was. And who knows, maybe it's lead singer disease, there's a lot of ego there. I don't think, I've never heard Ozzy ever, as far as I know, never ever sang any of the Dio stuff. Never, never. And he never would. No. And I don't think, and I do know that only is the only track I've ever heard Belladonna sing. And even when he sang it, it didn't sound right to me. Because when you get singers that are that different, and they're both great, you kind of paint yourself into a corner. But I think, I think the difference that it that it would sound is actually going to be a treat for the people who paid. How you know? I mean, listen. How much? How much was a Black Sabbath ticket the last couple of times they mm-hmm. went on tour with you know Ozzy and Geezer yeah. and Tony without Bill Ward? bastards um mm-hmm. you know they, they they weren't charging you 15 bucks mm-hmm. i mean they were those tickets were any probably anywhere from 80 to 120 depending upon where you were sit, sitting mm-hmm. wouldn't it be a treat for those people who paid that kind of money to hear ozzy do heaven and hell and to hear ozzy do you know well first of all vocally it, he it, couldn't it, do it, it well, it's, that therein lies the wrong <laughs> but you could try yeah it may be oh that doesn't that sounds kind of weird but hey it's only I'm, for us the i'm trying customer. to rack my brain to even remotely think of any original singer obviously with anthrax neil turbin was on the first album so we're not we're again forgetting fistful but I don't I don't want to see Belladonna sing that stuff, the the Bush era stuff. See, However, I, I Bush would. has to sing the Belladonna stuff because when you're doing sound of white noise at that point, you don't there's not enough 
I under, I, I, under, I understand what you're saying. You're, you're kind of the replacement, so you have to do it. If you're Belladonna, you're thinking, I'm Joey Belladonna. I don't have to sing stuff off of uh, but, but you know We've what? Come For You But all. you know what, Joey? You should. Because they had a career without you. And just because you're back doesn't erase all those years and all that music that they made Queensryche, without you. Queensryche did it. So... Todd Latore, I don't know if you say Todd Latore, Latore, or Tor, whatever. He's in the band now. He'll sing stuff from Empire back live. He'll, he has to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they do stuff off, off of Promised Land, but I know from the, that album all the way up to the, the album, their first album with Todd, that whole era in between... He, they won't even touch those songs live. They're only doing the old stuff. And so it's like... I just, you know, I mean, and, and we're getting... And if Jeff Tate got back in the band, I will, I would guarantee, which I hope to God he never does, because he's terrible now, but if he ever did, I will put all of my money on the fact that if they said, hey, we have three albums with Todd... Can you do some of the songs that we wrote with Todd? Jeff would look at him and say, no, I'm not doing those. Well, here, Those he, aren't my songs. Here's the thing. Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden, he's not the original singer. But he's been there how many years? Mm-hmm. He still does songs from the Paul Diano era. And they, they play songs. Not many. Maybe just one or two. But when he left, and they brought in Blaze Blaze Blakely, is that Bailey? Uh, Bailey Blaze Bailey, Blaze Blaze, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's a forgot. You know, but he will do one or two songs from that era live because it's Iron Maiden, and it's an entire history. And I get so angry with these bands. Who, when they bring someone back, it just erases an entire era of when they were gone. And I I think it's a disservice to the fans who actually stuck with the band through that era that that person was gone. So if you see Judas Priest live, are you really going to want Rob Halford to sing songs from Jugulator and Demolition? Nobody's going to want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear maybe, songs from maybe, that album. Maybe they, but okay, but there are there are people who bought those albums and enjoy them, and might actually like to hear what what Rob Halford's take is on one or two of the more popular tracks. I, I would leave from it, those albums. I'd leave it up to Rob. You know, kind of like I'd leave, and I wonder what the discussion is. And you know Joey. what, the difference there is, they only did what one. How many albums did they two. do with Ripper? They did two albums mm-hmm. with Ripper, and I don't think they set the world on fire. They, they, <laughs> no, I, I, they do, I don't believe they sold a lot of albums. So there's the difference. With Anthrax, we're talking about an entire era mm-hmm. of, of music. We're talking about you know five albums that he wasn't there. There's a lot of music cultivated in those five albums. It with just... Dio... You know, or, or let's talk about Ozzy coming back in and not doing anything from from Dio. There's 
there's three albums there. You know? And if you don't want to talk about Dehumanizer because it's newer, fine. No. But there's there's two or three tracks from that era that are considered by most people as classic Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath songs. Yeah, but no Classic. One, no Just one. like you consider Paranoid and Iron Man and Symptom of the Universe as classic Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. You also oh. consider Heaven and Hell and Neon Nights nice, and Mob Rules and Falling Off the Edge of the World there's, as classic no Black Sabbath songs. The Ozzy could do it, and I, there's no way Ozzy would do it. Because of the whole dynamic that was going on between he and Dio. Well, how and... about letting Geezer sing them? I don't, what does he sound like? I don't know. Bill, nobody knew Bill Ward could sing until Technical Ecstasy came out and he did I'm Alright. Or It's Alright, which I believe is one of the best Black Sabbath tracks ever. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a silly argument because I understand you can look at it from both sides. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, let's be honest. So when, who, so when who, David who, Lee who, Roth came back to Van Halen, why you would really want to hear him sing? Well, I don't want to hear him sing anything. <laughs> but I don't want to hear I don't want to hear him well, sing David Lee Roth Van Halen songs now. anymore. But why? But, yeah, they but why do. not? You could say, arguably, they became a more popular band under Sammy Hagar than they were with David Lee Roth. So you're damn right, Dave. Suck it. it suck it up. Take some vocal lessons Here's the one. and sing a couple of songs that, that were hugely popular while well, you were gone. there's the one band I can think of where the new singer sang the old stuff and I liked it just as... Because I'm a Van Hagar fan, my favorite era is Van Hagar. Kind of like, this is kind of like Anthrax. F- favorite era is Van Hagar. Favorite album is Women and Children First with Roth. Yeah. But anytime I heard Sammy sing the older stuff... He was on. He nailed it. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a function of him just being a better singer than David Lee Roth, but at least in my opinion. But David Lee Roth didn't sing any of the Sammy stuff. Well, shame live. on him, especially Van Halen. I just think they that's... arguably became a a better, more popular band and I'm gonna, when you're gone. I'm going to throw this in there. As much as as much as you like. We've Come For You All in Volume 8 and Stomp 442. And I enjoy Stomp 442, and we both love Sound of White Noise. There's not a lot of fans that want to hear Joey Belladonna sing that stuff. They want to hear Among the Living, Spreading the Disease. I want to hear that, too. I want to hear that, too. But you I, know what? I... If I I want to I want to hear I want to hear you sing Fuel and I want to hear you sing Only and I want to hear you sing uh you know uh, High Pro Glow mm-hmm. too. It ain't going to kill you. Come on. It's not going to especially wanna, Joey hear... Belladonna who's got a hell of a voice. We're not talking about Ozzy I know. mumbling through heaven and hell and you're right it probably wouldn't sound good. Joey Belladonna can sing that stuff. I don't want to make it sound good. I don't, don't want to hear Joey Belladonna sing Black Lodge. I want to hear John Bush sing it. No, so do I, but he ain't there no more. Yeah. And so we got we, we, you got to take what you can get. You know, listen, I didn't want to hear Dio sing Iron Man or Paranoid, <sighs> but you know what? He was there. So if, if I'm going to hear Black Sabbath live mm-hmm. and I want to hear classic Black Sabbath tracks, I, I got to hear it from the guy who is now the singer of Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do, you know? And, and I agree. It's it's just it's just the way it is. I'm just I just don't like it when 
these singers come in to established bands, even if they were singers before and now mm-hmm. they're back, and they come in and they say, yeah, that never happened. You guys really weren't making music while I was gone. If Bruce Dickinson can suck it up and play a track or two that they made without him, I think Joey Belladonna or Dio or Ozzy can do it. Uh, you know, or any other band so, I mean, who, Dickinson... who pretends like entire eras of, of the band never existed because you weren't there. Well, Dickinson did it. Sammy Hagar did it. I, but I think that that's few and far between, you know, really. You know, Sammy Hagar did it because he replaced the original guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about a guy who replaced Bruce Dickinson. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if he can come back to much fanfare and still suck it up and say, yeah, you guys put out a couple albums without me, and a couple of those tracks actually became fan favorites, so I'm going to go ahead and sing those because the fans might want to hear them. If he can take that bullet, eh, so can you, Joey Belladonna. I'm I'm going to throw in one, one quick... Hot take here, and that's I don't want to hear Dickinson sing Deano stuff because I I'm such a huge fan of Deano. I love Deano too, but you cannot. I mean, you, you're going to sit here and say that when he sings Iron Maiden, it doesn't sound good. Come on, man. I love Paul Deano. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Paul Deano, but Bruce Dickinson. I mean, he is the voice of Iron Maiden. And he, he is as much as I think he Deano sings those is. songs. They sound, in my opinion. They sound just as good as they did when Diano sang them. Well, this has been a, an interesting conversation. Because I, I was thinking, how are we going to kind of turn this into a, a debate? The whole anthrax mm, thing. Right. I think it was pretty good. Well, you know what? <laughs> and, and you know what? It's, it's, it, and I, I kind of thought the same thing. Because when you're going to sit down and debate something, you need and it to be a real solid debate. Mm-hmm. You got you got to kind of have a. I don't like this. I like this, and mm-hmm. the other guy has the opposing opinion. We we're, we're two guys trying to, to debate something that we at the end of the day we both love both of. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Belladonna. I I might just love John Bush a tiny bit more. Yeah. You love John Bush. You might love Belladonna just a tiny bit more. Yeah. That doesn't make for much of a debate, but I think we kind of fleshed it out by. Me trashing singers. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. for me, it's just, again, I I just have a, I just don't like when someone leaves and, I get what and, you're and, saying, and you 100%. carry on without them, especially if you carry on for a number of years and a number of albums, and then that guy comes back and says, oh yeah, all that stuff you did without but, me, that didn't happen. But who knows if it's not, because, you know, this could be another thing, who knows if it's not the band themselves saying, we don't really think that material is strong, and we don't think people really want to hear songs off Volume 8 when, we, when people would want to hear songs off of state of euphoria or spreading the disease mm-hmm. and that's probably what they're thinking i can understand that you know listen if you're with a woman okay mm. and you have a child and then you break up for some reason and then your woman meets someone else falls in love has a child and then for some reason that relationship breaks up and then you two get back together and you're in love even more okay 
and then you guys get married and you have another baby, the dad doesn't look at the one that came in between. He's not the father of and say, yeah, he doesn't count. He, <laughs> he, he's got to, you know, we're not going to feed him. We're not going to clothe him. You know, you, you come in and you, hey, this happened without me and I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to, this is, this is what we do now. Yeah. It's a little, obviously, a, a little more important scenario than, than a guy leaving a band and coming back. But, damn it, they carried on without you and they made some damn good music when you weren't there. I think I Let's would Let's stop just, pretending it didn't happen. I would leave it if, for me, I would, obviously, Belladonna is always number one. If, they, if Belladonna wanted to do Bush era stuff more, I'd be completely fine with that. I wouldn't care about but it. But that's at all. the thing, he doesn't. And I that's know. my problem. Yeah. First of all, we all know how bands work. They're corporations. Let's let's stop with this idea that it's all for one and one for all. Most of the time in a band, whether there's four people in the band or five people in the band, there's only two people in that band that actually own the name. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they they reap most of the benefits, but at the same time they also are the ones that have to deal with legal issues and things like that. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Anthrax. Chances are, there's, chances are, Scott Ian and Charlie Benate are the owners of the name Anthrax. Oh, I would bet, yeah. And everybody else is just kind of a higher I wonder if Frank Bello is up there, considering he kind of came after. I, I doubt Bello actually owns anything. Who knows? I'd be interested you know, in I, I think the I think the owners of the name, Charlie and Scott, they, they're probably the CEOs of the corporation. Everybody else are well paid, well taken care of, but they're employees. So if if Scott or Charlie really wanted Joey Belladonna to sing a couple of tracks off of Sound of White Noise and Stomp Two Four Two. Four four two. Thank you. They're gonna do it. You know, they're gonna you're you're going to sing these if you want to continue to be paid as a part of this corporation. You know, maybe do we'll that. see. I don't know. You know, maybe at this point they're just so damn happy that they got a singer that they're just gonna, you know They're super popular. They're, they're not making any waves. Got a lot of know? success now and they're very popular again, so good for them. They're making know? another album. I guess it's supposed to come out this year. If you if you listen to what they're saying um, you know the reports out of Anthrax camp are this is heavy. This mm-hmm. this might be yeah, this that. might be the heaviest thing they've done in a really long time. And there's a new Armored so Saint coming out. I'm super excited, and I'm super excited for that. And yeah. I I hope Armored Saint comes back through. I know the last time they were here, yeah, we missed them. We didn't make it. I'd love to. I'd love to go back. You think they do any any Anthrax stuff? No. You know you think they maybe they they throw an Anthrax tune or two in there? No. Not that I'd be upset if they didn't. Why no, would they? I, but, I think it's straight. John Bush is probably happy to be away from it with all the drama. He's yeah. probably like, this is Armored Saint. Yeah. I'm with my friends again. And they just do straight up Armored Saint I read it. I read an article. God darn it. I, I wish I could remember what band it was. But uh, a member of the band went out and did a... Oh, Journey. Um, when Steve Perry did his, his solo album. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually did well mm-hmm. I think when you know when he came back to Journey they actually did Oh Sherry or something uh, he actually yeah. played that on tour um, that's that's kind of a little different yeah. I think 
because Armored Saint is Bush's band. Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely. I think it'd be weird definitely. if he kind of busted out a, you know. But uh, well, it's a spirited, spirited episode. No, that's completely yeah. Very, very happy with it. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep things going again, and we won't have such a break between now well, and the, just the next all the episode. Holidays and kind of getting back yeah. into the swing. Kind of get back into the get, get back into the, the get back in the groove of things. I know we're going to have a great episode sometime next month because uh, I think we'll I think we go to our we'll go to our Monster Magnet show on a, on a Wednesday evening, and then I think Tuesday is it a Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, that's right. And I think we Wednesday have Wednesday off work. Yeah, um, and then we'll we'll have to do an episode that Friday or Saturday, basically yeah. just. Covering that show, yeah, well, I think that I'll would give be an a... update on the UFO show I'm going to yeah, tomorrow night, yeah. the final tour. So, but we'll have a, a monster magnet centric episode coming up. Then maybe oh, next dude. month we'll do it right after the show when Absolutely. it's all fresh and ready to go. And uh, I don't think we've really decided what our next movie topic's going to be. But was we'll it be come Phantasm? up with something. Was it going to be? I thought it was going to be. Think Phantasm. I left it totally up to you when you said you wanted to go the Phantasm route. Yeah. But we'll have some. Uh, we'll have some. Well, I don't want to call it breaking Halloween kills news because uh, it's it's been out there for a while. But we'll touch on some Halloween kills news. Oh, well, we and, have to. That's going to be the big horror thing. Yeah, pretty much every horror episode. Yeah, we do. yeah. yeah but maybe there's some other things coming. to talk about. I think there's some news in the the legal world of Friday the Thirteenth we can touch on. But uh, yeah. but that'll be coming up soon. A lot so of good stuff. Something to look forward to, people. But yeah, thanks for listening and. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, remember, Belladonna Anthrax is better. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, guys. As always, stay heavy. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>